Hello and welcome to episode 601 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. It is, of course, time for the weekly show, You Cannot Live Without Market Monday. Each Monday, I go over the biggest risers and fallers in average draft position from the previous seven days, discuss whether I'm buying or selling these players at their new prices. The idea is to get you up to speed very quickly on what's happening in the fantasy football markets. Before we get into it, want to note that I have seen some wild and quite frankly, egregious takes from people all over fantasy football industry lately as people respond to training camp news and preseason games. Reminder that most things don't matter, but missing on the nuggets that actually do matter is an absolute tragedy. All of the rankings in our draft kit are updating for what I slash we think really does matter and how we think situations will play out. Obviously, I'm biased, but not coming to your draft with our rankings will put you at a disadvantage, in my opinion. Head to the subscribe page on EstablishedRun.com to check out more. Also, if you're the kind of person listening to a fantasy football market update right now, you should be putting your knowledge to work at Underdog Fantasy. Tons of best ball action, including Best Ball Mania 4, the $25 buy-in with an insane $15 million prize pool. Use promo code ETR when you sign up for a $100 matching deposit bonus. That's promo code ETR at UnderdogFantasy.com. All right, let's start with the best ball risers from the last seven days. James Cook is absolutely flying up draft boards. James Cook is up 8.8 spots to 72nd overall on DraftKings. On underdog, half PPR, he's also up 3.4 spots to the early eighth round. I mean, first of all, hopefully your James Cook bags are already packed because like I said, his ADP is going completely nuclear right now. I was in a draft two nights ago and James Cook went in round five. I was fortunate to get Cook in round eight, 88th overall, in that $555 buy-in. DraftKings best ball I wrote about a couple weeks ago. You can find that on the, on the site. Shout out to me, please God, one time. But anyways, I, I actually don't think anything has really changed with James Cook to create this ADP spike. Yes, he went wire to wire from the opening of training camp to now as the clear-cut RB1. But Damian Harris and Latavius Murray, I actually think both will make the team now. More on them in the fallers section. That said, James Cook was always the one that I wanted as the pass catcher, as the younger, more explosive back, as the one that the Bills used a round two draft pick on just last year, as the one with the most role expansion possibilities. You know, I, I think Damian Harris is going to come in for short yardage stuff or Latavius Murray, but what if he doesn't? What if it's James Cook? And then James Cook is just an absolute smash. Whereas we know Damian Harris is never getting the pass down work. That's absolutely locked for James Cook. So in round seven, round eight, I'm still very much in on James Cook. Late round six, it starts to get a little bit thin. Maybe I could live with it on running back needy teams. Probably not. But I do think for home leagues, Cook will be an awesome hero running back target. He'll likely go later in home leagues simply because more home leagues will be taking the first few tiers of running backs earlier than they do in best ball. But the, the reason that I just can't take James Cook in round five, round six, there's some ceiling concerns on workload. We know how much Josh Allen also runs around the red zone. They're going to use Harris and, and or Latavius more on that in a minute. And so I think there's some volume cap on James Cook. Second riser I want to talk about are these Bears guys. DJ Moore is up three spots into the late fourth round. 
Khalil Herbert is up 8.6 spots into the late ninth round. If you saw the Bears box score from their first preseason game, you'd understand these moves. Justin Fields went three of three for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Now, one of those touchdowns was a horribly thrown screen ball to DJ Moore, which he somehow took for a 62-yard touchdown. The other was another shaky throw to Khalil Herbert, who somehow took it for a 56-yard touchdown. No one should be adjusting opinions on these guys based on those plays. That said, I do want to make a few points here. First on Khalil Herbert, he did get all the first team reps in that preseason game, all seven of them. He was the only running back to play with Justin Fields. I'm not reading too much into that as it very well have, could have been incumbent deference. I still think both Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson are going to mix in plenty. Both are good players. But I, I can't deny that Khalil Herbert is a talented runner with a leg up on the 1A job here for now. On DJ Moore, he's a guy that I've taken almost zero of this draft season. And I still feel good about that, especially as he moves up now. I, I just don't think a Jalen Hurts-esque leap is coming for Justin Fields as a passer. And, and DJ Moore is good, but he's not A.J. Brown. Now, yeah, I do think it matters that Fields has guys like Moore who can take a bad dump off for a 62-yard touchdown. But obviously that stuff is unsustainable. You know, the problems with DJ Moore, Chicago's projected throw rate, Fields' underlying throwing metrics, and the fact that I think Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Claypool, the running backs, they're not great, but they can earn targets in such a low volume offense that matters. So I just don't really think I ever get completely burned by a DJ Moore fade. When I take Justin Fields in drafts, which I do, I'm fine with him naked, or I can go for some type of running back stack or Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet. Third riser I want to talk about is Jake Ferguson. He is up 11.6 spots on underdog into the late 16th round. We know there is opportunity at the Cowboys tight end spot with Dalton Schultz gone. Schultz averaged almost six targets per game over the last three seasons, scored 17 touchdowns, had a really good role for compiling stats. And based on all the reports out of Dallas, Jake Ferguson is way in front for that starting tight end role, way ahead of Luke Shoemaker or Peyton Hendershot. And so that's why the ADP is rising on Jake Ferguson so sharply. Now, a couple of things here. First, Brandon Cooks is a massive upgrade at the wide receiver two spot, in my opinion. He's going to take targets away from that tight end position as a whole. Already talked last week about how I'm in on Brandon Cooks this year. Second, Ferguson is unlikely to be as good of a pass catcher as Dalton Schultz was. I mean, Dalton Schultz is a pretty good player. So while I thought Jake Ferguson was fine in round 18, maybe 17, I think round 16 is starting to get a little thin. With that said, I do like filling the tight end spot with volume when I miss on earlier tight end targets. What I mean by that is I just take three of Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, Sam Laporta, Dawson Knox, Juwan Johnson, Tyler Conklin, Jake Ferguson, Luke Musgrave, Hunter Henry. Just take three of those guys in best ball and hope one scores a TD each week. I think that's a reasonable strategy. In redraft, I am much, much, much more prioritizing an elite tight end or tight end I can start weekly because mixing and matching with these dust balls is going to be really hard to hit. Can't do it through volume like you can in best ball. Fourth and final riser to talk about this week is Kenny Gainwell. Kenny Gainwell up eight spots on underdog to the middle of the 14th round. Not going to spend a ton of time on this for a couple of reasons. One, I'm honestly kind of tired of talking about this situation. We've already talked about the Eagles running back spot all offseason. I think we've had it nailed pretty well. The market has come to us. 
2nd, we're going to have Jimmy Kemsky, Ace Eagles beat reporter on the pod Tuesday night, and we're going to spend most of the time talking about this running back situation. So on Gainwell, I would just say this. I think a lot of people are messing up on this, reading into the wrong things. You know, like I said, we've been ahead of market massively on Gainwell all offseason. But on this steam now, the latest steam on Gainwell, we're just not going to show value on him in our rankings. And I'm fine with that because I think people are losing their minds. You know, Gainwell resting in a preseason game while Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift is pretty meaningless. You know, the next game I expect Gainwell to play and the other running backs to rest. Also, these reports, quote unquote, from third, fourth tier beat writers, the Eagles saying that Gainwell is the feature back. I've talked to people. I just don't buy that. And I don't think Gainwell really has the profile of a starter anyways. He's clearly a worse interior runner than Rashad Penny. I think Gainwell will be behind Rashad Penny in base work. And DeAndre Swift is an incredibly talented player. I think Gainwell will be behind DeAndre Swift on pass downs. I still think Gainwell is a fantasy asset, though, because he's the direct backup to both. We know the Eagles trust him. We don't know that the Eagles trust Penny or Swift yet. So yeah, there's some upside and roll here. I think there's a little bit of standalone value. Gainwell was a smash in round 18, 17, 16, 15. I've seen him go in round 12 now. And the ADP is going to soar into that 12, 13 range. Just getting a bit steep on Kenny Gainwell. All right, let's get to this week's fallers. First one is Damian Harris. Tease that a little bit. Damian Harris is down 10.8 spots to the middle of the 12th round. I just wanted to note on this that Latavius Murray is not going away. Damian Harris has a little bit of a knee issue right now. doesn't seem serious. I would not dock him for that. I think the real concern is that A, James Cook has a bigger role than people are projecting, and B, Latavius Murray takes more of that work behind James Cook than people think. And I know it doesn't make sense. Latavius Murray is going to be 34 freaking years old in January. But he was actually pretty good for the Broncos last season, shoved it down my throat repeatedly when I had fades on him. I would not rule Latavius Murray out of having a real role here. Now that said, I haven't taken much Damian Harris yet. And if he gets into round 13, I think that's a spot I'd look to add some. He's just so much younger and theoretically a better inside runner than Latavius. But before round 13, I'm still likely treading lightly on Damian. Last fall our spot I want to talk about is the Seahawks wide receiver stuff. Tyler Lockett is down four spots pretty much on all the sites across the board into that late sixth, early seventh round range. It's a tough one here. I know I'm really high and want to be high on Seahawks offense, Seahawks pass game. I do not think Geno Smith's season was a fluke, but man, the wide receivers are expensive. You know, DK Metcalf goes in round three, even though he has major, major target competition. And there's some risk that the Seahawks revert to boomerish ways. You know, the Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I really like, well, at least to start the year, he's probably only playing in three wide receiver sets and he goes in round six. And Tyler Lockett coming off an awesome year, always underrated. Well, where does all that leave him? So I think the JSN hype off the preseason game where he earned targets on like half of his routes looked really good. That's not really a reason for me to dock Tyler Lockett. Metcalf and Lockett, most of the veteran starters didn't play. Those guys are going to earn targets at a way higher rate. But I, I do think that it's worth considering that JSN could actually be awesome right away and force his way onto the field a ton. How does that happen? Well, maybe it means that the Seahawks massively spike their three wide receiver set frequency. Or maybe JSN just rotates in with Lockett and some two wide receiver sets. Regardless, my point is that the target tree is getting more spread out. So yeah, I, I think both JSN and Lockett are priced appropriately right now. 
I slightly, slightly prefer JSN, but man, it's close. All right. That is going to do it for this week's Market Monday. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you have not subscribed to the Establish the Run podcast, be sure you are by searching for it anywhere podcasts are found. Also, be sure you're following me on Twitter for a ton more player takes at Adam Levitan, and be sure you subscribe to our YouTube. It's free, and there is a ton of content on there that does not hit this pod feed, including that 2K buy-in live stream that myself, Dink, and Sam Sherman did a couple weeks ago, last week. Ton of fun on there. We'll be back later this week to talk to Silva about rankings changes, Jimmy Kemsky about Eagles, and ton, tons, tons, tons more. For producer Luke, for King Editor Jackson Kane, for the most beautiful beast in the world, Jerry, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.